the Orachim says it's about us. So God revealed to us, okay, in the Aseret Hadzibot, right? He reminds us that he created the world in six days. So the way that God created the world, actually, was that the world was created to have like a, a, I'm trying to think of the right way of putting it, a, uh, an ability to sustain itself for six days. It had like a lifespan, that's what I'm looking for, right? It was like, you know, those weird bugs that like die after a few days, like those mayfly things, okay? So the world was created with a lifespan of six days. For whatever reason, that was the way God had created the world. Uh, so what happened? Hashem became wise, right? He was always wise, but he used his chachma and he created a day, okay? That had the ability to give the world another go, another go, okay? Meaning it's almost like when your battery dies, right? at the end of the day and you recharge it and now your phone can then now be have another life for the next day okay so this was like Hashem said you know what I don't want the world to just self-destruct after six days so I'm creating a situation where they have the ability to rejuvenate and to allow the world to sustain itself again Without this day, the world would just be created after, would just be destroyed after six days so again, Hashem instituted Shabbos. Okay, Shabbos is the day that Hashem instituted to kind of allow the world to have another week, basically, to have another six days. So we all heard that idea, right? If there's one week, everybody keeps Shabbos. I don't know, she has coming or something like that. But in reality, the fact that there is there are people keeping Shabbos every week. Shabbos is what allows the world to continue to, to sustain itself. Okay, without Shabbos, he says the world would actually revert back to a state of Tovah which is a state of complete confusion that it was in at the very very beginning of time, and God would have to actually reinvent the world again. Okay, so that's what the Orachim is telling us. So this is just to put in perspective the power of what Shabbos is. How does that work? Why does that work? That's a separate discussion, but albeit at this point, just to understand that reality, okay? So that's number one. What I want to discuss with you now, and the fact is, is we have more classes than I usually have because the summer's run is longer this time. I don't know how that works. Um, I feel like I have a little more like, I can take a little bit of extra time to discuss, you know, some things that kind of fell to the wayside. Um, what I'm going to do is basically go through Shabbos from the beginning to end, meaning we're going to start today with Erev Shabbos, okay? And then we're going to go into Kabbalah Shabbos, and then we're going to talk about uh, Shabbos Day, and we're going to talk about Sudash Lishi, and we're going to talk about rest. We're going to talk about different components sort of like, you know, in order of how things happen, okay? So what we want to talk about today is Erev Shabbos. And I think what's very, very important to understand is the concept of preparation, okay? If you look at the first on the, I'm sorry, on the left side, okay, at the top of the left side of this page from Shemot. This is from Parsha Peshalach. So, anybody know, does anybody recognize this? Where is this found? Okay, anybody have any idea what this is talking about? It says, on the sixth day, you're going to prepare that which you brought, and it's going to be double from what you usually gather every day with the month, okay? So this is, by the way, ladies, the first time where we really see the concept of hachana, okay? The word hachana is a very important word, okay? Hachana is preparation, okay? And this is actually a very strong Torah concept. We just we just experienced Shavuos, right? What was the hachana for Shavuos? The Omer, Sfirah Ta'omer, believe it or not. It's not like random that happens right before. The goal of Sfirah Ta'omer is to prepare us ultimately for Shavuot. Okay, we have other examples. Where anybody have any other ideas? Any other examples of things that we do in order to prepare? Exactly, Aser Demi Chuba. Okay, the ten days of preparation before uh, before Yom Kippur. Okay, any other? It's another actually another Shavuot uh, option. Yeah. 
great. Searching for chametz, cleaning your hands before Pesach. I would even say even more cleaning the concept of cleaning, okay, and making seder before you actually make the seder, right? That is preparation. What happened? What did the Jews have to do before they got the Torah? We're actually going to talk about that a little bit next time. Um, but what did they have to do before they got the Torah? Does anybody remember? They had three days, right, where they had to separate from their spouses and they had to change their clothes and they had they had to prepare. Okay, so there's a very strong concept in Torah about preparation. Okay, when you learn about um, Hanukkah, okay, you hear if you're into Hasidut at all, right, you learn about the Rebbe's, you know, who used to like, they made a whole like avoda. Okay, out of preparing the wicks for lighting the, the Hanukkah candles, right? The concept of preparation is very, 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 very critical and very, very important. Okay, so specifically it happens to be, I was asking around a number of the teachers, I asked Rabbi Shur and I asked Rabbi, I asked my husband also, I asked Rabbi Lerner. They all basically came to the same conclusion. Most of the concept of hachana, okay, has to do with Shabbos, believe it or not. Okay, so when any halacha or any concept of learning that there's an idea of preparing, okay, to do a mitzvah, generally is very much connected to Shabbos. Uh, but it also happens to be, you know, if you learn about Sila, right, we learned about, like, say, the Hasidim Rishonim, right, the, I don't know, the original pious people, right, what, how, what would they do before they daven? Do you remember learning this? They would meditate. They would sit and prepare for an hour before they started to daven. Anybody see in their siddur on the community? It's in a, in a Nusach Sfard or Sfardi siddur. Right? Before you have a new book, you're like, what the heck is this? Okay? That is that is Kavanot, uh, right? Those are things to keep in mind. Like, what am I doing right now? I'm unifying God's name. Right? It's having ideas of what I'm doing. But most of the discussion about preparing has to do specifically with Shabbos. So I wanted to share with you something from a sefer that's very, very dear to my heart um, called the Sefer Ahal Rachel. So um, this is, Rachel, I'm not sure if we did this, if you were here already when we did this. Well, we, we did a little bit of this chapter, so it'll be a little bit of review for the married ladies. But we learned this in the married ladies class. Uh, it's a safer up the three women's mitzvot about Mida, Chala, and Nerot. It's a lot of beautiful hashkafa about those three mitzvot. Um, so there's the, the section on candle lighting is actually the longest section and it actually is divided into four different sections um, talking about how candle lighting connects to Shalom Bayit, how it connects to Oneg Shabbos, how it connects to the Neshama and Kavod. Okay, so this is from the Sefer Ahal Rachel. So I wanted to share this with you. Okay. The concept of kavod, of honor, is very much relevant to a person who has a strong sense of solidity and reality. Okay. Word kavod, by the way, what is the root of the word kavod? Kavod, heavy, meaning when I am showing respect to someone, I'm connecting to their heaviness, to their I don't know, to, to who they are, to their ramashut, right, to their reality, okay? This is a person who, he's not dependent on other people so much. Kavod necessitates, when I want to show honor or respect to somebody, okay? Kavod necessitates that I that the person's needs and desires are going to be prepared for them and, and, and set out for them. Right? So that they're not running around after them, right? Think about the epitome of somebody we would show respect to. Maybe not nowadays. I don't you don't really know even what a king really is, but like you think about royalty, right? The royalty, they don't have to do anything. Everything is set out for them. Everything is set up for them. They don't have to go to the kitchen. You know, imagine, I mean, it's kind of silly when you think about the president of the United States these days, but pretend, okay, the president of the United States, you know, he's sitting at a meeting with his cabinet, right, or whatever, and he's like, oh, I'm just going to go fix myself a snack. Like, <laughs> that's weird, right? You know, the, the, that, that shouldn't be happening, right? You'd think the president has people to take care of that for him, right? He doesn't need to do that. So the more honorable, right, somebody is in terms of their position, the more they have people taking care of their needs and making sure that everything is set out for them. And think about yourself. If you want to show honor to someone, you're having a very special guest coming to your home, what are you going to do? Right? You're going to make sure you have the room is beautiful and everything they need is there. What can I get for you? Like you keep tripping over yourself to try to make sure that they have everything that they could possibly need. The time, why is this? What is the nature of perfection of shlimut? The nature of perfection, by definition, is that it's not missing anything. It's not lacking anything. 
Something that is perfected, something that is complete, that's a better word, is not missing any of the conditions that it needs in order to, to, to exist. Therefore, preparing and bringing forth the needs of what the person you're trying to respect Okay, needs. That's how we show kavod by bringing somebody everything that they could possibly need. I just thought this was an interesting aside. Look at the halachot, ladies, by the way. Okay, let's look at the halachot for a second. Any halachot that we have of showing honor or respect to somebody else always has to do with taking care of their needs. Think about it for one minute, okay? What is the difference between kibara the aim versus yira, right? We, we also have a mitzvah to be to fear. Don't tell him the answer because you know <laughs> we talked about this in class. You were there that time. I don't remember. Okay, what's the difference? Okay, between showing honor and sh- and fearing your parents. What are the halachot? Do you know the difference? Because I think naturally, when you say to honor your parent, what do you think that means? It means when they you stand up, right? When they walk in, you don't sit in their seat. No, that's yira. That's fear of your parents. That's how we show fear. What are the halachot of showing honor to your parents? Anybody know? Help them, treat them beautiful, be with them. Help them, bring them coffee, you know, get their slippers, bring them to the doctor's appointment, make sure they have their needs. That's how you show kavod. Just thought that was interesting. I never really knew that for many years. And then finally, I understood that when I learned about this, I realized, wait a minute. That's true. I never thought about it before. But kavod is not done in a way that we would not normally think. Meaning, obviously, it's nice for you to set up with your parents or whatever it is, but that's not kavod. That's yira. Okay, so we bring two different examples when you're showing kavod to a rav. Anything that a, an evid, anything that a servant would do um, for their master, a talmud, a student should do it for their rebbe. Again, anything that a shamish, a shamash, right, a helper, would do for his Rebbe, that's what we would do for our parents. A woman also has a chiyuv. She has an, a, uh, an obligation to show honor to her husband. When we make our husbands a cup of coffee, right? We make him a cup of tea. We bring him what, what he needs. That's a way of showing honor to our husbands. Don't worry, they also have to show honor to us. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Don't worry, okay? Just making sure you all know that. Okay? So again, bringing the person's needs to them. It's not just to make their lives easier, right? Because, okay, that's very nice, but I'm not just doing that to make your life easier. The reason I'm really doing it, so have in mind when you're bringing your mother a cup of coffee, I am being actively engaged in the mitzvah of Kibbutz HaVain, right? I am doing a mitzvah right now. Yeah. Do we have a commandment to like have the fear of the year for, for teachers or for the and stuff? Um, I think we do. For teachers? Kabeit, right. I'm trying to think of all that because I know but the second et I think is also referring to like older siblings, but there is a, a pasuk that talks about um, Fearing, I forgot the pasuk that talks about fearing Hashem, and it, it's included. Because kavod makes sense to me, but then like if you're standing up for them with yira, then do we also need to yira? See, the thing is, I think for parents it's a little bit different. The reasoning, meaning when I'm standing up for a rav, it's it's out of respect for the Torah. That it's really I'm not standing up for them specifically. It's more for the Torah that they represent, as opposed to my parents, which I'm standing up for them because I'm, I'm honoring them. So it's a little bit different, but um. It's or something like that. Let me look at, let me, let me ask to be hundred percent sure, but I'm, I'm 99% sure that it does actually, it's for both. Okay. Um, okay. When I am being someone, when I am giving somebody their needs and doing what they need, it's really, um, it's, it's manifesting this idea that they, that their reality is solid. Okay, their existence is solid. Everything they need is in their domain. So again, every time that I bring forth something that they need, I am 
it's a representation of the fact that they are shalim. Okay, so let's go on to the next because this is where it's going to now make the bridge between that and Shabbos. So we just discussed what, how do I show kavod for a person by taking care of their needs, by doing what they, you know, bringing forth whatever it is that they need. So it's the same with Shabbos. So this quoting here the passage that we just looked at inside. Okay, so again, ladies, we want to show honor to Shabbos. How do we show honor to Shabbos? The same way we would show honor to a person. What are we doing? Running around like a crazy person on Fridays, right? <laughs> and doing whatever we can to get ready for Shabbos. I mean, partially it's because we know that we can't really do anything much once we light candles. But it has to be more than that. It's more because, you know, the Shabbos queen is coming to my house. And I want Shabbos to be beautiful. Even if I don't have guests, it's not for the guests, ladies. It's for the it's for Shabbos queen is the guest. Shabbos Amalka is the guest. Okay, so that's why we're doing it. And that's how we're showing honor and respect. One second. There's actually halacha. Okay, the Rambam brings down this halacha that a person is supposed to fix their house up when it's still daylight because of Kabbalah Shabbat. And what does this, this include? We should have a candle. So that's why we light. I mean, he's explaining why we're lighting Shabbos candles. The Shulchan Aruch Le'echol. It is very nice to have your table set before Shabbos and not uh, the second, you know, while you're, whatever, you know, right before you're about to eat, but to have it done before. Actually, sorry to break the news, but you're supposed to make your beds too. Okay, believe it or not, even though that you don't think the Shabbos queen's going into bedroom, well, think again. Okay. All of this is done to show honor for Shabbos. Shabbos is, ladies, this is, we just read in the Or HaChayim, right? Without Shabbos, the Bria would just cease to exist after six days. So Shabbos is really the peak, the pinnacle, the, the, the foundation of the creation. So we have to show Shabbos that it has no lacks. Right, Shabbos has no lacks, it's shalim. And we said, how do we show that someone is shalim? By making sure that they have everything that they need. So we do the same thing with Shabbos. I'll get two questions in a second. Okay, let me just finish. Right, so both a person and Shabbos are found at the, you know, our shalim. We're showing them kavod. How, ladies, how do we show this kavod? Through hachana. Through Preparation. Okay, by everything being prepared. Shabbos now stands in a place of, you know, it's complete. It has no lacks. And so the, the toil of getting everything organized, it all happens before Shabbos comes in. Near Daluk, who you sowed Hakavochana, by the way, a lit candle, candle lighting, is the foundation of really showing this kavod. According to the Rabbam, via Nir Daluk, the Shulchanaruch, Nir Daluk is first. Shahare ain't ta'am Shulchanaruch, the Why? Anybody ever try eating in the dark? Right? It's not so enjoyable, right? We all know, anybody who knows anything about food knows that the presentation is part of the experience of eating. So to eat in a dark room is, there's no enjoyment there whatsoever. So the light, the, the lit candle is what is allowing us to participate and enjoy. Okay. And we see here that all of the preparation is very much dependent on there being light. So it gives me, I, I need to see this perspective of like, what am I doing here? Okay. So that's what the light is doing. It's giving us perspective. It's giving us the ability to um, enjoy, okay, everything that we have prepared um, up until this point. Okay, so Rebecca, you had a question first. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you're saying like to show that Shabbos has no max, or like to <clears throat> to show that it's reality, like is is like valid or something? Like, is solid. It's complete. Like, what is, like we, we're trying to make it complete, or we're like, we're again, it, we're manifesting. Where where I feel like there's a better word. I feel like manifesting also has a different connotation today, right? <laughs> Whatever. Um, but we're we're expressing. That's what I'm saying. We're expressing by by preparing everything that Shabbos needs, quote unquote. We're expressing the fact that Shabbos is showing. 
You understand? Just again, I am expressing the fact that a king, let's say, or whoever it is that, that I am honoring, has a certain level of shalom to them by making sure that I give them everything that they possibly need. So I'm doing the same thing for Shabbos. It, again, it's not for Shabbos, it's for me. It's putting me in a headspace. When I'm running around like a lunatic, trying to make sure that everything is set up because I have a hush of guests coming, there's a, there's a headspace there, right? You know what I'm saying? Like there's a mindset there. That's the mindset that we want to have for Shabbos. I really want to show Shabbos how much I'm honoring it, right? By, by making sure that everything is ready. The Shabbos doesn't actually need it. I need it because it helps to create that mindset for me. When I'm so engaged in preparing for Shabbos, it hopefully helps to increase my anticipation and my connection to Shabbos because I put effort into it. You all know that. When you put effort into something, it means a lot more to you than if you just slide in and, you know, your parents give you the keys and say, happy birthday, here's a card. As opposed to if I put in the effort and work, then we the money. We all know that. Can you define Shlemus means whole. It means perfect. It means complete. So it's complete even though you're preparing for it. We're showing, we're, we're, we're expressing its completion by preparing everything for it. Does that make sense? Not too much? Only only if it's for us. Because if it's already perfect, then like, why are we... Shabbos is perfect. It doesn't need us. But I'm saying this is our ability to participate in the, in the process and to show how much we realize and understand how perfect it is. Understand how complete it is. Because as we understand, without Shabbos, we would there would be no world, uh, you know, unless it's Shabbos. Like that would be the end. Yeah. Um, I think you said before that like your house should be clean before um, table set and bed made. Are those just things that are nice ideas, or they're like uh, that's brought down in halacha. Yeah. Like those yes, those things should be done. Okay, to the best of your ability. I mean, you can't make yourself crazy, but you do the best that you can. Okay, so. There's a very beautiful book, which I don't see in the library. So by the way, anyone who has books in their apartment that belong in the library should please bring them back because there's definitely books missing. So there's a very beautiful book from Rav Pincus, okay? Nefesh and Shon about Shabbos and it's translated into English. I did not see it in the library, so somebody must have it out. Um, and he reiterates for us, which I think you probably heard the idea before, that Shabbos is a gift, right? Shabbos is a special matana, it's a special gift for us Right, non-Jews are not supposed to keep Shabbos. They're not allowed to keep Shabbos. Anybody who has been through a process of conversion, right, they have to break Shabbos. They're not allowed to completely keep Shabbos. Okay, so Shabbos is a special gift for for the Jewish people. So you know, it's really given to anyone who's really yearning for it. It's not just like a freebie, right? But it's a gift for people who really want it, who really are yearning for it. Um, and the question is, how do we show that we want it? How do we show, how do we express that we really want this special gift of Shabbos? Okay, and so again, we just talked about the concept of hachana. The more that I prepare for it, the more it's like, Hashem, look at everything that I'm doing. I'm getting this whole space ready so that you can give me this gift, right? The more, I'm, the more I prepare for it, the more I'm expressing and showing and making a space for Shabbos to come, okay, into my home. Otherwise, there's no room for it. My house is too full of all, all, all kinds of other studios, and I don't have room for Shabbos. Okay, but preparing for Shabbos is making a vessel. It's making a clea. It's making a space for Shabbos to be able to descend. Okay, and, you know, we're preparing for it, but it's not just on Arab Shabbos, by the way. There is a concept of preparing for Shabbos, really, all week. Maybe you've heard of people, I don't know. On Sunday. Right, on <laughs> Sunday, they, they set their candles up already, or they have a special Shabbos table that they set up or whatever. Um, give me another example. In our davening, what do we say every day in davening? Shir Shalyom. Hayom Yom Mishon Shal Shabbat. Hayom Yom So from the beginning of the week, we're already in the headspace of preparing ourselves for Shabbos, okay? So um, I just actually want to show you, there's a Gemara, um, this is on page three, it says page three on the bottom. It's a Gemara in Beta, just a whole page of Gemara, you see that? So um, I did wrap it off, uh, a number of lines down. About 12 lines down from the top. Yes, 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 I'm Do you not have it? Yes, okay. 12 lines, about 12 lines from the It's in brackets. It starts with Amru. 
It says, Amru alav al Shammai hazakim. Kol yamav haya ochel l'chavot Shabbat. So Shammai would always eat l'chavot Shabbat's Kodesh. What would he do? Matzah behema na'e, omer, zu l'shabbat. Right, he found a nice piece of meat. You know, he went to uh, Osharad or whatever, Megillat, uh, Bingo, wherever you are. I don't know, whatever pomegranate, wherever you live. Okay, I don't know what they have in Vancouver, whatever. He goes to the night butcher. He buys a beautiful cut of meat, and he's like, "I'm putting this in the freezer. I'm saving this for for Shabbos." Okay. Then what happens? What did he do? He found, but then he went to a different store and was like, whoa, this cut of meat is like, wow, forget about it. This like outshines the other one. I'm going to go home and make myself a barbecue, right? I'm going to eat the first cut of meat, but I'm going to save this one for Shabbos. And that's how he would, that's how he would go the whole week. Meaning he was always in, it was always on his mind. You're out in the, you're out in the street, you know, in the supermarket, whatever, and you see something beautiful, you're like, I'm buying this, right? But from the very beginning of the week, he brings that about Hillel Hazakim, which he had a little bit of a different mentality, and he didn't really do that same thing. Basically, Hillel had a lot of bitachon, <laughs> that he was just going to find everything he needed closer to Shabbos, and he wasn't necessarily, you know, doing that same kind of thing. But we learned from Shammai this beautiful idea of really, like, you know, throughout the week, just always having in mind to do things like Chavot Shabbos Kodesh. And I'm saying this, yeah. this is just fourth for Shabbat, like, for Shabbat. Uh, you say, but, no, when you buy or when, when you make for Shabbat. When you buy it, like, if you're going to go to the shuk and buy yourself some cherries that are, like, obscenely expensive, right? So good, say, like, they're so good, but you're, you're, you wouldn't just stand by it. You buy it with Chavot Shabbos Kodesh, you say, maybe you buy it with Chavot Kodesh. I'm saying it's not a halacha thing. I don't think it's sweet. It's nice to have in mind. Hashem, Machavah Shabbos Kodesh. You know why? Look at the top of that Gemara, by the way. This very famous idea. All the way at the tippy top. Okay. It's underlined. All of the money and all of the food and every all the finances that you have, Hashem, Decides on Rosh Hashanah between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, except for Yom Tov and Shabbat. What you're spending for Yom Tov and what you're spending for Shabbat. Okay, so Rav Pinkus, it's he wrote in his book that he would go to the supermarket, and you know, I'm not necessarily recommending this. You have to be responsible, but he would go to the supermarket and he would buy Lachavet Shabbos Kodesh, and he'd be like, "This is on Hashem's tab, putting it on Hashem's tab." Meaning what? There was an amuna that Hashem is going to give me the money that I need to pay for these special things for Shabbos. So not only is it an exercise in honoring Shabbos, but it's also an exercise in amuna. Okay, you have to be in that place to be able to really pull that off. Okay, not everybody can necessarily do that, but Rav Pinkus is always able to do that. Um, but anyway, again, there's that there's that very very beautiful idea. Okay, so um, let's go back to the front to the top of the page. Okay, so. We should just know that, uh, you know, I'm sure anybody who's kept Shabbos, made Shabbos, knows that, you know, somehow, no matter how late Shabbos starts, we still seem to be rushing around right before Shabbos, and if people are stressed out, and well, you always remember at the last minute, oh, no one put up the urn, or, okay, why, why does that happen? So you should just... You just know on a spiritual level, the Itzahara knows that like on Shabbos, he's going to sort of be out of a job. Okay. So he's trying to like double up, you know, he's trying to get it all in right before Shabbos, um, you know, to try to get us completely crazy to overcompensate, you know, for that. So just, you know, don't let him win at that game. You know, if you're, if you, if you're like, you know, you, you get it. You're like, Itzahara, I know what you're trying to do. I'm not, I'm not falling for this. Okay. <laughs> just be aware that that's kind of what's going on. Okay. Because he knows on Shabbos, it's a very spiritual day, and he's not going to have as much uh, opportunity to uh, to get involved. Okay, so I want to show you on the first page of the booklet, the bottom, all the way on the bottom, is from the Mishnah Bura. Okay, actually, you know what? It's actually where I want to use the on page two. Never mind. Come to the next page. I apologize. Top of the bottom of page two is from the Mishnah Bura, Hokel Shabbos. Okay, he says, Yashkim Baboker, Biyom Shishi, get up early in the morning on, on Friday, Bahachin Sarche Shabbat, to get Shabbos prepared. Baafilo Yeshlo Kama Avadim, the Shamsho, Yishtadel, Hachin Baatzmo, Shumnevar, the Sarche Shabbat, Kidel Chabdo, 
So even if you're lucky enough to be wealthy and to have lots of staff to be able to take care of all the things that you need to do, even so, he says, you should still try to do something yourself to show kavod to Shabbos. And he gives here a number of different examples. Okay, these are all tanaim, okay? Rav Chista would cut up all the vegetables. Dak, dak, dak. Very, very thin. He did a good Israeli salad. Okay, the Rabba, the Rav Yosef, Hayumavak, in Itzim. Rabba and Rav Yosef would actually go out and cut down wood. Okay, the Rav Zera, Hayamadlik Haish, he would lit the fire, Rav Zera. The Rav Nachman, Hayamitakin Habayit. So the people in these days did not live in these big houses. So, you know, they had their beautiful Shabbos kalim that they would bring into the house just for Shabbos. And then after Shabbos, I don't know, maybe they had a storage area, they would take it out and put it away and bring back in the rest of the weekday stuff. And they would switch every week. So this is, um, this is what Rav Nachman would do. He would prepare the house and he would bring in what they needed for Shabbos. What do you learn from me? These are top, 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 top Torah personalities here, okay? What do we learn from them? Nobody can say like, oh, it's beneath my kavod to go out and, you know, cut vegetables or cut wood for Shabbos. You learn from them like, no, 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 there's no such thing. Why? Because I am showing honor to Shabbos, okay? So just to show you the Bishabura, um, it's a little bit down, it says Mishdabra, and it's, uh, it's underlined. Okay, lahachin ba'atzmo v'chulei. Do you see where I am on the right side of the page? It says Mishdabra. Lachin ba'atzmo v'chulei, the mitzvah kvod shabbat mital al-kol adam. Okay, lahachin ba'atzmo, meaning you have to know, ladies, the mitzvah kvod shabbat is, is it's, it's incumbent on everybody, okay? Everybody has a mitzvah. Kedichti v'karat al shabbat oneg, l'kadosh Hashem mechubad. Okay, which means this idea, it's actually learned from this, this, this concept, this, this area of halacha is learned that it's better to do the mitzvah yourself than to have someone, than to have it done by a shaliach, right? There are certain, uh, a messenger, there are certain mitzvot that can be done through a shaliach. Even getting married, by the way, can be done through a shaliach if necessary. I mean, you know, uh-huh. whatever. Um, but many mitzvah can be done through a shaliach, but this should not be done through a shaliach. This is a mitzvah that should be done by, uh, by ourselves. I can't just send someone else to be, you know, to show Shabbos for me, right? To show Shabbat for me. Right? It's always a better mitzvah. It's always a bigger mitzvah to do things by yourself rather than to do it through a shaliach. We'll talk about this more soon. Um, but in this farm, it talks a lot about the fact that a part of the preparation of Arab Shabbos is to have thoughts of tshuva. Okay, that a person should search their, their actions. They should think about their actions. Okay, Shabbos, what am I, ladies? I'm getting ready to receive the king into my home. Hashem, you're having a, a, a romantic candlelit dinner with God at your house, okay, on, on Shabbos. That's what's happening. Okay, so I'm preparing myself for this. Uh, you know, when you're about to have an important meeting with, with, with God, but okay, even with the... Well, have deal a person, right? You kind of have to like get yourself in this space. Like we said, you sort of have to like get yourself, you have to calm down, do a little yoga, I don't know, meditate something just to get yourself, you know, focused. So that's what we're doing on Arab Shabbos. I know it's hard. It sounds counterintuitive and I have not mastered this. So do not learn this from me. Um, specifically, this is something that I wish that I could do. And I'm very busy on Arab Shabbos preparing the food. But um, to be able to take some time on Arab Shabbos to, to focus ourselves, okay, in terms of like, what am I about to be walking into right now? Who am I about to be sitting before right now? How is my week? By the way, Shabbat comes from the word like Shemitah means to sort of sit back, okay, and reflect. Shabbos is a day to reflect, okay, on how am I doing? You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of times during the week, we don't really have so much time to think about that, right? Shabbos is a good time for us to sort of sit back and think, so how, how did I do this week in my Lord of Tasha, right? How, how, how did things go? So he says, again, we're, we're about to be makabel so he says here that it's not befitting for us to welcome in the king when we're wearing like soiled rags. Okay, now we're going to talk soon about the concept of changing clothing on Arab Shabbos and wearing nice clothing. It's a, there's a duality here, right? It's not befitting for us to meet the king wearing soiled clothes. 
but it's not just physical soil clothes, right? It's also spiritually. Okay, we'll talk about that in a bit more in a second. Um, okay, so these are all very, very, very important things to, to keep in mind. Um, and just also to realize in terms of Hadlaka Nerot, um, there's actually two components to, to the candle lighting. Um, one part is really for the men to do, hopefully, we should all, whoever's not married, should get married at the right time to a wonderful guy, Bezrat Hashem. Um, his job is to, there's the preparation of the candles, okay? There's the, the oil, setting the wicks, making sure that's all prepared. That is generally the guy's job. Okay, and then there's the actual lighting of the candles, which is usually what a woman is going to do. Um, so again, even that, that's something that's a good job you can give to your husband. Okay, who wants to help on Arab Shabbos, make sure he knows that he can go and prepare the candles. I'm sure you can come up with lots of other things. You can show him this Mishnabura, right? The Shochanarch, and you can show him how he can cut up the carrots, right? And he can <laughs> cut up the soup and he can okay. wood. <laughs> yeah, you can carry the wood in from the outside of that. Okay, so what I'd like to do is we're going to go kind of step by step through different things that we need to do to prepare for Shabbos. And I think as a as a as an introduction to that, I want to introduce you to a topic uh, or a concept that I learned many years ago that definitely made a strong impact on me. Um, and the concept is physical prayer. Okay, so what do we mean by that? So everybody knows what you know, prayer is, if somebody asks you about prayer, you know, pick up a sitter, I dive in, okay, maybe I even sometimes, you know, on my own, in my own words, I'll talk to God, right, so there's a verbal prayer, but there's also something called physical prayer. What does that mean? It means that I dive into Hashem with my actions, okay, so I'll give you a number of examples. Um, you learn the halacha about getting, to, putting your shoes on in the morning, Anybody learn that halacha, right? You're supposed to put your right shoe on it first and then your left and then tie your left shoe and then your right, okay? Um, that's a physical prayer. What am I What am I davening? Okay, so spiritually, right represents chesed, compassion. Left represents din, judgment. And I'm starting my day and I say, God, please interact with me with compassion today. And then I put on my shoe, my right shoe, right? Well, I got to put on my left shoe also. So I got to have din too, right? The world cannot just exist on pure compassion. There also has to be discipline and, and gavura and, and din. Okay, if there has to be din, I'll put it on, but I'll put it on second. Now, I need to tie my shoes, right? But so again, unbridled compassion or unbridled gavura are also not good. I have to tie them up. I have to constrict them. But I'd rather constrict the din first, and then I'll constrict the compassion, Okay. That one little action in the morning of putting on your shoes is actually a tefillah. You didn't say anything. You can have it in mind when you do it, but that's what you're doing, okay? Washing your hands in the morning. As soon as you wake up and you wash, right, you wash Nigelvasa, tefillah yadanim in the morning. So this concept of what are my, one of my Rebbeim taught me about this idea of like water represents what he called meme hadat, waters of clarity. Okay, we, we dive in there. Every time you wash your hands during the day, whether it's for a piece of bread, okay, or after you come out of the bathroom, you are davening that Hashem just wash over me with clarity. Wash over me with siyata dishmaya, right? Just let it all wash over me. Just be with me, okay? Waters, meme hadad, waters of understanding. How beautiful is that? From the very second I open my eyes in the morning and I'm washing my hands, I'm already davening. I didn't even say anything. I didn't even say a bracha yet. Okay, I said ani, but I'm washing my hands. And throughout the day, I have opportunities to remind myself of these ideas. I'm not, again, it's not a verbal prayer, but it's a physical prayer. When you wear white on Yom Kippur, why am I wearing white? Again, white represents chesed. I'm going to shul and I'm saying, Hashem, just relate to me with kindness, relate to me with compassion. Okay, so those are some examples. We're going to see quite a number of examples here. All of the things that we're going to talk about, okay, that are things that we do, activities that we do to prepare for Shabbos, are not just physical activities. There is a physical component, but we're also engaged in a spiritual activity. And that's really what we want to try to make Arab Shabbos into. Arab Shabbos is really a very spiritual day, which again, as, especially as women, it's very hard to like connect to that because we're often very, very busy. Um, but again, you know what? I think how you approach cooking and whatever it is is also can be a very, very spiritual, a very spiritual activity. Um, so we want to try to connect to even the physical things that we're doing in a very spiritual way. And while you're cooking and you're making your challah, you know, and you're whatever, besides your Chavot Shabbos Kodesh, you know, I know when I'm making my challah, I have in mind Hashem, whoever eats this challah should, should have, you know, should feel connected to you, right? Should should feel Shabbos deep in their in their bones. You know what I'm saying? Like you can have a tefillah that you can infuse into your chicken soup. You know what I'm saying? It's your potato <laughs> kugel and whatever it is that you're making. Okay. So with that in mind, 
we're going to start talking about some of the um, actions that we're going to be doing in order to get ready for for Shabbos. Okay, so the first thing that I want to to talk about with you is changing your clothing. So that actually can go back to the first page. Just to show you inside. Again, in the Shulchan Aruch, um, all the way at the bottom. Okay, so where it says Gimel, all the way down at the very bottom. Okay, so I'm supposed to be changing into my nice clothing, and I am excited about, uh, happy to bring in Shabbos, and the rest of it talks actually about um, Kabbalah Shabbos, which we'll talk, we'll, we'll go, we'll, we will refer back to this um, when we get back to, uh, when we talk about that next time. Um, so there's that. And I also just on the next page, just want to show you another place in the Gemara and Shabbos at the bottom of page two, um, where he says, it's underlined, Okay, you see, it's just one line I underlined for you all the way back at the very bottom. It's from the Gemara and Shabbos, that's with Bet on the Aleph. Okay, which is a halacha, which means what? That a person should be inspecting your clothing before it gets dark on Shabbos. Why? What does it mean to inspect your clothing? What do you think it means? Think for a second. It's winter time. I have a coat, right? Yeah, what, right. what do I need to do, right? Have you? I'm sure all of us have found Rothkov in my pocket. I'm checking my pockets to make sure there's no money, no, there's no receipts, no muksa. Okay, that's what I'm supposed to do. So on a very physical level, he's saying here, I need to check my pockets. I need to check my clothing to make sure that there's nothing uh, in there that's muksa. Okay, but there's clearly a, a more spiritual component, a spiritual layer as well. Um, the word beged, by the way. There's another, besides beged meaning a garment, what else does beged mean? Bagad? Anybody? It means a traitor. Okay? It means to be a traitor. So what begida means to be a traitor? A traitor is somebody who, uh, you know, um, what's the word, betrays their country or betrays, you know what I mean? Like, I betray your trust. I go against you, you trust me, and I betray you. I, I Okay? That's a traitor. Okay, somebody who you think has your best interest, but then they 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 do something against you, they they mess you up, they screw you over, however you want to say it, in a not such a nice way. But that's yeah, essentially. Okay. So um so we were we're playing a little bit on that word beged, okay, in terms of the word begida. So what are we checking for, ladies? Not only am I checking for my moksa when I'm putting my hands in my pockets, what else am I checking for? Right? I'm checking my my traitorous behavior. What does that mean? I need to think, was I, contradictions when I'm exactly, was I on God's team this week, you know what I'm saying, like God's relying on me to be, go out there and be, you know, in his army, right, and to represent him in the world, was I, was I a good soldier, right, did I do that properly, was I a good representative of, of God this week, or, or was I not a good representative of God, okay, we need to contemplate, how did I go against Ratzon Hashem this week? Again, this can be something that you do a little bit every day if you're going to do a little bit of cheshbon hanafesh, right? A little bit of self-accounting, which is always a good thing to do every day. But minimally, to do it once a week, especially before Shabbos, to just, it's like taking stock. That's all. Not to make you depressed, but to take stock, okay? So that not only may I changing my physical clothing before Shabbos and washing my clothing and making sure everything is clean, but I'm also making sure that my spiritual clothing, you know, is, is clean as well. Okay, and I want to think about how can I fix my behavior and do better next week, right? It's not just to be depressed about it, but let's, okay, yeah, let's think about this. I messed up this week. I have a problem in this area. How can I improve myself for the coming week? Okay. Um, Should we say each of them is like a way to connect to Hashem? Every small thing that we're every doing. Every small thing that we're like doing. I'm connecting to you. I, I'm aware about your Hashem. 100%. I think it's a very beautiful way of living your life when you realize that the physical actions that we're doing are really representing spiritual realities, okay? I mean, that's the bottom line. I'm not just doing some things. Mitzvot are not just about being robot and going through the motions, meaning we might not always understand exactly this what we're doing, okay? But we have to realize that everything that we're engaged in, all the activities, they have meaning. 
there's meaning behind it as well. It's not just something um, superficial or external. Okay, so certainly here or in the preparation process, I mean, I, I teach this to my colleagues when, they're getting, when I'm teaching them about going to the mix up before they get married. Okay, a lot, you know, you're involved in all these very physical preparations. What are you doing? You think it's all just cutting your nails and brushing your teeth and taking your nail polish off? I mean, like there has to be more than that, right? I'm, in, I'm engaged in actively, I'm removing, why am I doing all those things, by the way? Okay, this is all very much, in, you know, uh, connected to what we're talking about here in the following steps, right? When a woman is getting ready for the big fun, she's removing all of those things. Do you know why she's doing that? Exactly, right? A woman's not, there's not allowed to be a chatzitza. There can't be any barriers between her and the water. So anything that could be a potential barrier, and a lot of those three water considered barriers and what aren't, anything that could be a barrier has to be removed. So again, it's a physical prayer. I'm getting ready for the mikvah, right? I'm getting ready to... I'm sitting here and cutting my nails and brushing my teeth. I really hope it doesn't just stop at that, right? What am I really doing, Hashem? Just like I'm sitting here removing all the physical barriers that might come between me and the water, I want to remove all the spiritual and emotional barriers that might exist between me and my husband, between me and God, between me and the world, right? I don't want there to be machitzo. I don't want there to be chatzitzo. I want there to be connection. The mikvah is all about connecting. Okay, and so all the preparation that you're doing is all about removing the barriers because it's all about connecting. So here also, we're very much engaged. We're about to have, you know, a, a, a yichud with Hashem. Okay, that's what the that's what Shabbos is. It's like the yichud room, right after a wedding with God. I need to prepare for that, and I need to get myself into that mental state. So all the preparations that I'm doing are helping me get into that mental state. Again, they could just be physical activities, or if I'm trying to, that's why we're here. Hopefully the goal in this class is to at least give us food for thought, right? To, to help us think a little bit out of the box about what it is that I'm actually doing and why I'm doing it and what it can possibly accomplish. Okay, so Rabbi Nachman says that we're taking off garments of envy, garments of greed, garments of materialism. And what am I doing instead? I'm putting on clothing of tranquility, right, of integrity, of of contentment, that's what Shabbos is about, okay? So I'm removing those garments and I'm putting on a garment. To go into a wedding, right? You are out working, you're in school, you're going to a wedding, you go home and you shower and you change, right? That's what we do. So new, the same thing happens with Shabbos, okay? So that's a little bit about what changing clothing can represent. Let's talk a little bit about uh, washing because we know that part of the process is also to take a shower, to wash, to bathe, um, which I believe is here as well, okay? On the first page. Uh, it's the slanted, sorry, it's like that I didn't have any more. <laughs> okay, um, this is from, again, the Shulchan Aras. Yes. Mitzvah lechutz haga kol gufa. Right, it's mitzvah really to wash your whole body. But if you can't wash your whole body, you're not somewhere where you have the ability to do that. Minimally, you should at least wash your face, your hands, and your feet in hot water. Okay, but Arab Shabbos. U mitzvah, just keep this in mind also. U mitzvah lachov harosh, really galeach, that's a hitzi for nine. It's also, it's a good day to get a haircut if you need a haircut, right? To cut your nails. Okay, this is all part, certainly to shave if a man needs to shave, right? To cut his hair, whatever. What goes that face? Can if you can't face. If you can't wash your whole body, you should at least wash your hands, your face, and your feet. Okay, so. Let's understand, uh, again, on a more spiritual level, what each of these things represents. Okay, so the Nesiva Shalom, uh, the Shonim Arabi, talks about this idea as a Sefer at Shabbos, by the way, not just on Parsha, but he also has a Sefer on all the Ma'adim. Okay, and he has a lot of beautiful ideas about Shabbos. So he says that um, these parts of the body all symbolize also different parts of a person in the sense of spiritual parts of a person. So... Um, Washing your face, okay, panav represents the, what he calls midot hamoach, right, the, the characteristics of the mind, okay, so it's like, okay, now I'm washing my face, so Hashem, help me wash my, my, my brain, okay, Shabbos is coming, I need to wash out all the shtibiot from the week, okay, all the, 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 the poison, the toxic, toxicity of the week, okay, I'm starting there, then I'm washing my hands, right, yadav represents midot halev, the, the, the attributes of the heart. So I need to think, what are the things that I'm feeling emotionally connected to? My emotions, okay? What am I connected to? And then Raglaf, I'm washing my feet, which represents the Midot Ha'evarim, which is more of like our base desires. Okay, so it's just a matter of reflecting as I'm washing each part, each part of my body, understanding that, again, I'm not just washing the physical part of my body, but I'm also washing the spiritual part as well, yeah. 
What's the difference? Like, I thought the heart did represent base desires. No. If anything, the heart is, sometimes the heart is connected with wisdom, actually. Um, like, lave mevin, I think that's what Shlomo Melech asked for when God asked him what he wanted, right? He said, I want to lave mevin on an understanding heart. Um, but, you know, the heart does not represent base desires, per se. The heart really represents more of the emotions, okay, the seat of the emotions. The, the, so it goes like base desire, emotion, mm -hmm. and like logic, mind, frame. Well, it's each one of these represents a different part. So the head is like the mind, you know, the face is representing the mind, okay, the thoughts, purity of thoughts. We, we, I mean, I don't want to say one is more important than the other. They're all part of the same process. It doesn't matter. You're washing all three parts. You're trying to just sort of wash out, wash through your emotions. You know, what am I feeling super connected to this week? Am I feeling connected to like, you know, holy things? Am I feeling connected to not so holy things? Um, and your base desires, right? What are the things that I, you know, that I really want to just physically, my physical things that I feel like I need to do? You know, are they okay? Are they not okay? What materialism? Yes. What word did you use me to test something to the feet? Oh, we don't have Evarim. Evarim are limbs. Okay. So again, it's just the physical desires. You can infuse whatever, you know, however you want to interpret them for yourself. It's, it's just three different parts of who we are, okay? Just kind of washing through all of that, okay? And um, so, again, we're washing blemishes from all the parts so that we can enter Shabbos properly, okay? The Zohar actually makes an interesting uh, comparison. The word Shabbos is the same letters as Boshet. Anybody know what Boshet means? Hmm? Shame. Humility, yes, shame and humility. Okay, so it's interesting. Actually, let me show you inside. I have the Pasuk inside. Um, it is on page five. This looks like this. Okay, it says Shemot on the top. Uh, actually, that's what I want to show you. Hold on. That was a mistake. Sorry, sorry. It is. Oh, here it is, page four. Sorry about that. Okay, in the middle of all this, there's a piece from Flemish. Oh, no. okay. do you not have it? Oh, shoot. Okay, I, I, I apologize. I'll tell you what it is. Okay, this is from Parsha Shmini. And at some point, uh, Aaron, right? Aaron was very, he was very reticent to uh, kind of engage in the avoda of the Beis Hamikdash, of the Mishkan, excuse me. And Moshe Rabbeinu, his brother, said to him, it says in the Pasuk, Moshe Aaron, Rav El Hamizbeach. Okay, and he's telling him, come closer to the Mizbeach and do your avoda. It's fine, don't worry about it. And Rashi says, Aaron was, he was like, felt shame. Okay, I think this was immediately after Chita Egel, so he felt very embarrassed and very like low about what his part in that whole process. And he was like, who am I? Like, I can't do this. Like, he was very nervous. He didn't feel good about himself. And Moshe was like, no, don't worry. Come and do this. Okay, so we learned from Aaron that there's uh, the element, in order to be able to enter into the Mishkan, you need to have bullshit, right? You need to have humility, and which is Shabbos also. Okay, so this, I, I don't want to confuse you, but... We have different uh, spaces, okay? We have person, we have place, and we have time, okay? And there are different parallels between all of these. So it happens to be that the Kohen is in person, what the Besamigdash or the Mishkan was in place, and Shabbos in time. Okay, these are all very parallel to each other. Does that make any sense what I just said? Okay, and these three, in person, place, and time, you have the coin, the big midash, and Shabbos. Okay, obviously this is a much more of a discussion, but just to point out to you, first of all, think about local Shabbos. Where does local Shabbos come from? Uh, 39, the 39 of the Mishkan, right? It's not pulled out of a hat. They're all connected to each other, okay? So just like the Kohen, in order to enter into the place of the Beis HaMikdash needed Boshet. So in order for us to enter into the into the space of Shabbos, we also need to have this level of Boshet, of humility. And as we said, where does that come from? Okay, that humility really comes from this avoda that we've been talking about, of spending time, like reflecting on my, my not just 
okay, it's good to think about your good points as well, but where have I made mistakes this week, right? Let's put it all in perspective. Maybe I think I had a great week, but I also have to take a step back and reflect. Where can I improve? How can I do better? Okay, by the way, the word that he uses, if you remember on the, in the Pasuk about, um, in the Gemara, the word Lamashmesh, if any of you remember from Asil Yisharim, whoever was here when we were learning Asil Yisharim, the Ramchal teaches that there's two kinds of self-analysis that needs to happen. There's pishpush v'ma'asav, and then there's nishmush v'ma'asav, okay? He says pishpush v'ma'asav means I look at all the bad things that I do, and I think about why am I doing this? How can I stop doing this, okay? And I have to get a sense of like where my weaknesses are. L'mashmesh v'ma'asav, which is the word that's being used here, by the way, when it's talking about to be l'mashmesh at your beged, is actually talking about looking at your good qualities, looking at the good things that I do and thinking, how can I improve that? How can I do them better? So there's a, there's an assessment here of like, even when I think I'm like doing really awesome, I still have to take a step back and think, how can I do things better? Okay, and it's with this kind of humility and understanding that I can then enter into, into the space of Shabbos, okay? So... This is a mashal that I that I that I read of a person who is traveling, okay, in the rainstorm. You can imagine, I mean, just imagine uh this happens to me a million times over the winter in a Jerusalem rainstorm. Anybody ever get caught here in a serious Jerusalem rainstorm where it's not even worth holding an umbrella because it just flies away and you're just soaking wet, okay? So you're soaking wet, you've been traveling, you're soaking wet, you're cold, you're hungry, okay, and you see ahead of you a warm inn and you're like, oh, thank God, okay? And you go into the inn and you rest, right? And you change your clothes and you have a place to sleep and you get some food in your system, right? What, and, and what am I doing? I'm like re-energizing myself to be able to like go outside again and continue on my journey. So we said, that's what Shabbos is about, okay? Shabbos is very, is, is really the same thing. It's like that warm inn, right? Where after this, like, I'm sure all, I'm sure most of us at least feel sometimes like, battered at the end of the week anybody feel that or is it just me right like it's just hard you know it's like you have things coming from all directions and then you had a very difficult week and it's busy and I'm tired and thank god I'm sure any of you especially the girls who grew up maybe not keeping Shabbos okay and then started to keep Shabbos all can tell you a thousand percent how their lives were never the same once they started keeping Shabbos, right? And you look at people who don't keep Shabbos and you're like, how do they exist, right? How do they do this? How do they not have a day where they just like unplug from the world and not, you know, clean their cars on Shabbos and all this stuff that you see them doing, you know, uh, you know, on a Saturday morning. Um, but we can't imagine not having that. So, okay, that's, so Shabbos, again, is that warm in. You can think about it also as like, I'm sort of in this tumultuous seas and the captain of the ship like throws me a line you know what i mean and i'm holding on to that line for dear life okay ladies that's what shabbos is it's like i'm in this crazy storm of the world of my life and shabbos is that lifeline that's keeping me connected that's keeping me sort of grounded okay and i need to hold on to it to make sure that i don't float away okay and get lost rather um and so Rav Nachman, there's a nice book, by the way, called Seventh Heaven. If anybody's interested in reading more cute stuff, nice stuff about Shabbos, it's a Brussels book called Seventh Heaven about Shabbos. So he just, you know, he, he, he emphasizes that, you know, I think we, again, all can attest that we understand that during the week, there's a very strong tug of war going on between our bodies and our souls, right? Anybody experience that or, you know, conscious of that, right? The materialism, the spirituality, it's always like, we're always in a tug of war for each other, you know, for, for domination. And Shabbos is an opportunity for, for the neshama, right? For the spirituality to be like, get ahead. You know what I mean? To kind of like push the body behind and to get ahead. But in order for that to happen, in order for us to bring Shabbos into the fold, in, sorry, in order for us to bring our bodies, our physical part of us into Shabbos, we have to go, as we said, through this preparation process. Okay. Our bodies need to be ready to kind of follow suit. And so, as we said, we need to clean them. We need to clean them physically. And we also need to clean them spiritually of all the mundane stuff Okay, that we're attached to during the week and all the influences that are dragging us down. Um, and so that's why we go through this process and we bathe. And men, a lot of times men go to the mikvah. You've heard of such a thing, right? Men go to a mikvah a lot of times on Arab Shabbos, uh, preferably a hot mikvah. Okay, um, as I said before, just to kind of bring it together, uh, the mikvah, right? The mikvah process for a woman, for sure, and for a man also, and, to, and it's not exactly the same, but the mikvah process is about 
removing those barriers. It's about connecting. And so a guy is going to the mikvah, not just to hang out with his buddies and, you know, <laughs> find out the latest news, which is like a whole other story of like from the men mikvah experience, whatever. Um, but that's not the only reason why they should be going, right? Why are they really going to a, met, to a mikvah? And that's, again, a hot mikvah, ideally. It's like they're kind of putting themselves, they're purging themselves in like fire and water, so to speak. I don't mean hot so that they're burning their skin off, but you mean like something that's warm, you know, they're kind of purging all of that studio, all of that stuff, all of the mundanity, all of the, you know, the negativity and the temptations, you know, they're purging that out, out of their, out of their system. Okay. And so, you know, especially the mikvah, waters of the mikvah, not just bathing in a, in a shower, but the waters of the mikvah have a very special koach to be able to, to do that. Okay. So we will stop here and just continue along.